Spread number love all across the globe. It's the Vibe Show. I'm your host, Kano the Don, the Vibe King. And tonight, man, it's no secret. I'm talking about we got a super duper special, special show for y'all tonight. I'm talking about this queen right here. Gotta be. And to me, this is my own personal opinion. Gotta be one of the hardest working women in the game right now. Tearing the comedy up, tearing the silver screens up. I'm talking about just getting these bags all day long, showing up and doing it beautifully, might I add. The one and only actress, comedian, the one and only, the queen, Lunel. What's good? Hi, how you doing today? You know what? I'm, I'm doing amazing. I'm so super excited. And before we even jump off into this, I just want to just tell you that I'm very, very grateful. And me and my team, we just want to just say thank you so much for allowing us this beautiful opportunity. What team is that? You have other people there with you right now? The Vibe team, my team that's uh, my online people, um, everybody, oh. yeah, everybody that's been helping me push the promos real hard and it's just a wonderful thing. Everybody been so excited about it. And a lot of people, my email's been going crazy. Like, you got fans all over the world. Really? That's yes. so good to hear. Where are you at, baby? Right now, I'm actually in uh, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Baton Rouge. Okay, then. When you coming down this way to do something? When, whenever somebody hires me. You know what? I'm a, uh, that's, I'm, I'm, that's on y'all. That's on y'all down there in Baton Rouge. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna have to make some phone calls. We we gotta get you down here on this comedy ticket for real, for real, because we really missing out, man. Like I'm serious. I want to see you in person. Yeah, I don't know what people think. They think I just pop up in town, uh, like out of the sky, or or that I beg people to come. No, you guys just gotta reach out to my folks. Say, hey, we'd love to have Lunell down here in Baton Rouge. We got a club. It's real nice, da, 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 da. and then I'll be there, you know? Absolutely. Y'all ain't, ain't reached out to hire me, so <laughs> here I am in L.A. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. No, real talk. I'll come whenever somebody, whenever somebody else. We make it happen. Let's make it happen. Okay. So let's 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 get this thing started here now. I'm I'm a huge fan of yours and have been for quite some time. I've watched you um, grow and go to new levels that I have just been so, so proud of because you really, um, you really organic with everything that you do. And that's, that's one thing that I really, really love about you and your gift and what you bring to the game. You know, you, you always have remained yourself and you've always brought a different type of style of comedy that I think that people um, really can connect with because it is um, your organic way of doing it. Well, thank you. Okay, so you 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 were you were born in um what is that? Tallet, Arkansas. Tallet. Tallet. Tallet, Arkansas. Tallet, Arkansas. Yep. Raised in North Carolina. Never raised in North Carolina. <laughs> raised in the Bay Area. Raised San Francisco, in Francisco, Oakland, Oakland specifically. Yeah, I don't know where North Carolina came from. Nice try. But I was raised in the Bay Area. Uh, went from Tallette, Arkansas to Oakland, California. Uh, I was educated in the Bay Area. 
and I've been living in uh, Los Angeles now for about 19 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. So has comedy, has comedy always been the uh, career path or how did you actually get into the business as far as comedy or was it some other careers that you were chasing and then comedy just kind of came along? Yeah, that's more like it. I was actually um, doing theater. I was actually doing theater uh, before I ever started doing comedy. Theater in San Francisco, theater in Berkeley and stuff like that. And um, I uh, here come my daughter. I got a 23-year-old daughter, <laughs> and she's a dancer. You can yeah, see I see her a lot of her stuff. At, yeah, at Instanel, I see it. D a n e l l e d o e e, and uh, she is uh, walking in the door. She lives down the street, but here she comes. And uh, hi, hi, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on an interview. How long are you gonna be here? Okay, good. And so um, uh, I did theater in San Francisco, did theater in Berkeley. I think that for people who always say, "Oh, I want to be an actor. I want to be an actress." The Instagram um, celebrities have have gotten the given people the impression that it's just that easy. Right. But if if you do theater first, that will help you get over your stage fright. That'll help you um, learn lines, learn how to move, and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot more education that goes into being an actor and actress than people really stress. You have to be able to read well you have to be able to read aloud well you have to be able to enunciate you have to be able to emote emotion you have to be able to take direction and all that type of stuff right and you can't do that you know if you're not educated you definitely need uh english skills and so uh, i went from church choir which is like rehearsal on wednesday and a show on sunday Went from church choir to theater. From theater, I went into um, film and television, actually, before I ever started doing, uh, well, I did a couple of films before I ever started doing stand-up. And then I did stand-up, then I did television in the Bay Area, and, um, you know, went to a couple of clubs, met a couple of people, and it sort of snowballed. It was not my intention to grow up and be a comedian <laughs> at all. Wow. You know what, what, what what's amazing about you you also did a little radio too, huh? Um television. Now, I mean I've done radio like I used to do uh radio with Nick Cannon in New York and that stuff, but um in Oakland, California they had a T T V station that was like B E T. It was black operated and black owned. Mm-hmm. And it was called Soul Beat TV Television Network. Okay. And on the Soul Beat Television Network, I was like a VJ. You know, we played videos and um, we uh, had uh, talk shows and stuff like that. And um, that's how I got to be very, very popular in the Bay Area. Because when I started this, this is before anybody knew how to program their VCR or do anything <laughs> like that. So they literally wouldn't even leave the house until my uh, show went off the air. It was that popular. So, I wow. mean, I've done a little bit of all of it, you know? 
Yeah, so that you know those those roots really go go way back, and and that's that's another thing what I was saying too, like um, you know, for all the people who who've just been introduced to you, you know, you've really been putting in a lot of work for a lot of years. So a lot of the things that people are seeing now are are, are really some things that's well deserved. Well, thank you very much. When 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 doing when doing stand up, um, is it a different feeling for you, or it's like um, by by doing um, theater and all that stuff like that? Did it just come second nature, or or there was there was a lot of practice that came into it with you? Well, for me, it was pretty much second nature. Um, theater absolutely helped that. Choir helped as well, or the discipline of being, you know, on time for rehearsal and remembering your notes and doing it again on Sunday and being chewed out the next Wednesday at re <laughs> rehearsal. You know how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, I, uh, I, I, I have been at this for quite a while. It is still um, exciting to have people discover me that think I just fell out of the sky or something. I've been doing stand-up comedy 30 years. Right. Uh, which is horrible to say because I'm only 32 years old. Just kidding. But, um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, um, I never foresaw this because when I did stand-up, there was no comic view. There was no Def Jam. Right. There was no black venue for, for artists to perform on national television until those shows came and we never even we never even could see that coming down the road i didn't do stand up to make money i didn't do stand up to be a star i did a stand up i think to be heard and to share my stories because i'm the eighth of eight children right and wasn't nobody really listening to me too much back when i was a kid <laughs> but i just like to make people happy i've had some terribly sad times in my life and I don't like anybody to feel sad. I really do it to make people happy. That is my um, mission statement in life. I just really want people to feel good and have a great time and, you know, be able to throw their head back and laugh. And laughter produces endorphins in your body, if you know anything about that. Right. And it makes people feel good. And I like to make people feel good. A lot of people make people feel good in different ways, you know, but this is what I do. Right. And, and you know, that's another thing, too, that um, I really admire about you, too. You know, you, you've never been afraid to um, to admit your uh, or share your testimonies, um, even at this level in your career. And, um, you know, I, I, I researched a few things and you you um, you spoke on you having um shaking being able to shake and get clean um had had a crack addiction which blew my mind because I never wouldn't have known that and you shared that testimony and to be clean for 19 years you know even at this level in the game to to share those testimonies to to help people i think that it's it's amazing and if well, I'm, if well I'm, let me let me correct you let me correct you okay i have first of all been clean for 23 years 23 years not 19 ever since my daughter uh came into my life 
Uh, mm, let me see. Well, no, let me see. Nineteen. Twenty. I think. I think maybe twenty, because actually, when she was little, I I still used from time to time. Right. And I was never a crack addict. Right. Because we didn't even have crack, we was really cooking it ourselves, and it was more what they call free base. It was right. purer than crack. Crack got infiltrated with a lot of garbage, but it's all bad, so it doesn't really. <laughs> You know, one bad thing is no better than another bad thing. And then um, uh, I wouldn't say that I was an addict, but I was a definite user. Right. I was a a, a, a functioning drug user, meaning that, you know, I didn't miss shows. I did not look good. I didn't, right. you know, lose my, uh, you know, belongings and stuff like that. Right. Uh, I pawned a couple things, but, you know, I got a <laughs> back, so... Real drug users don't go back and get the shit. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I, but I, but I've definitely been there, you know. And and uh, I, I, I'm not proud of it, but I'm not ashamed of it either because there's people out there right now who may be smoking while they're listening to me, right? Or drinking that stupid ass lean, right? Or 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 sniffing cocaine or something, or doing something stupid, and they're listening to me right now, maybe. And they may think that, well, there's no way I'm going to get out of this. But there is, you know. Right. There's salvation in art. You know, you may not even be really re religion, but there's always salvation in art. If you find something that's better for you than what you're doing, you can love that and you can latch on to that. When I met my husband, uh, I actually put the pipe down. In two within two weeks and never touched it again. Wow. And already, and my and my daughter was already here. She was maybe about three. But um, you know, I would I was the type to make my own money, buy my own shit. Because even in my usage, I was not the type of chick to want to owe nobody nothing mm. or you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I buy my own. Yeah. And and all that type of stuff. So um, ooh, I'll, 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 you won't believe it. I just sat down in my bathtub. <laughs> so it's a good thing we're not doing this on video. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, uh, I, 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 I do have a testimony, not only just from drugs, but from you know being a woman and being in this game, being you know heavy set woman and being in this game, being a pretty brash speaking mm -hmm. woman and being in this game. I'm not talking about my fingernails or, you know, the flowers in the garden. I'm talking about regular stuff that regular people go through, which is also why I think my audience is so diverse because you can come to my show and you can have a white Republican sitting next to a Mexican, sitting next to a transgender right. person, sitting next to a Rastafarian because what I talk about is relatable to all kinds of people. Right. I don't do just black comedy. Of course, I speak from a black perspective because I'm a black woman. But I don't, you know, when you talk about food or you talk about kids in college or you talk about weight or you talk about love, that's paramount to every every nationality. So that's why I think that, you know, I've been able to last and stuff because I'm not pigeonholed into one category you feel me yes yes i do you know and and, and with with speaking on that too um like with being in the entertainment business for um such an extensive period of time um 
how did you how did you um avoid or if you were able to avoid um the male dominance um you know how a lot of people um some people have to you know do certain things or be approached a certain type of way or whatever um have you ever experienced that in your career or you know you were able to um veer veer around that type of stuff because it's a lot of things that's going on but um never really heard anything about you never once in my career have i ever been hemmed up for sexual favors or anything like that, because I think, you know, being raised in Oakland, California, I just had a very, you know, don't fuck with me type of personality. So, you know, men prey on the weak. They don't prey on strong women. Mm. You know, R. Kelly didn't go out and get Oprah Winfrey and put her up in the the studio. He went and got little girls who, you know, people wasn't maybe paying attention or, or people who wanted their child to be in the business or uh, homely, you know, uh, you know, weak-minded people. Right. So I've never had that happen to me. Plus, I'm just not one of those um, video chicks. You know, I'm a cute-ass girl. Right. And I'm sexy as hell, but I'm not, you know, light-skinned with the long hair and all that type of shit. So nobody really stepped to me in that way. Plus, I just don't, you know, I've, more, I've always been, like, more, more, more one of the guys, you know? Yeah. But, um... There has been, you know, times when guys uh, are in the room and you come in the room and they stop talking because the chick is coming in the room and shit like that, ridiculous shit like that. Right. And it's very much still a very male-dominated game, you know, because it's the guys that are out playing golf with each other. They're not asking the chicks to come. It's the guys who are out, you know, going on boats together. They're not asking the girls to come. Right. I don't understand that even when you're good friends with male comics, they just don't include you. So it's separatist, and that's what it is. But, um, you know, I don't spend my time trying to hang out with comics. You know, I don't give a damn. Like I said, I got mm-hmm. seven brothers and sisters. I see my um, I see my, uh, uh, my comic friends when I see them, you know. There's right. comics texting me right now when I'm talking to you. <laughs> but I, I, I don't, you know, I don't, we don't, you know. It's not like I hang out with, with people from, from from work that that often, you know. Right. I have right. a very full life that includes everybody from, you know, old R&B days, you know, the Whispers and stuff like that. And friends of mine, Barry White's uh, widow, Glodine White, we kick it together a lot and stuff like that. From people like that all the way to, you know, the Adam Sandler's and stuff like that that I've worked with that we get, you know, we party a little bit together right. to, you know, Nick Cannon to, you know, to living over here in the 60s in Crenshaw District and Nipsey Hustle territory. So I'm pretty spread out. Right. Really who haven't you? Who, who aren't you friends with? I'm not, you are friends with like everybody rock with Linnell. Like everybody. And I think it's that, that you know, that down to earth, um, you've always, you never really changed up or you never really tried to do things to to fit in you know what i mean and 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 people people gravitate to that but a lot of people hate that too yeah i mean i have haters just like anybody else i don't really acknowledge them because haters usually stay in the cut they don't get in your face with their hatred because i invite a motherfucker if they got a problem with me you know i don't cyber bang i'm not going back and forth with you on instagram that's for bitches right you want to uh meet me 
every week we post where I'm going to be on my Instagram. <laughs> right. I invite you to come and, you know, let's have a conversation. Yeah. If we have a conversation, you may not hate me after all. And if you still do, then it's more about you than it is about me. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I want to, I noticed um, you, you, you have a real good relationship with, um, with Cat Williams. Um, how, how, how did you, uh, how did you meet Cat? Uh, Cat and I met back in Oakland, California, because he was staying in Oakland and so was I. Our children are the same age as the son. That's the same age as my daughter. We used to look for, we used to go buy shoes and to swap me <laughs> for our kids. And, um, you know, he came to L.A. before I did and actually started making a little name for himself. You know, he used to be called Cat in the Hat mm. before he was ever really Cat Williams. He went from Cat in the Hat to Money Mike to people finally remembering his real name, which is Cat Williams. We've been friends for many, many years. You know, we've both been through shit. You know, right. we're still going through shit. And, uh, um, you know, people... Um, I'm just loyal, you know. The boy reached back and got me on the first comedy tour that he ever did. Right. And that was pretty amazing. You know, we got to the only private planes I've ever been on, Cat Williams put me on. The first set of diamonds that I ever wore, Cat Williams was made that happen. Right. The first real money, real money, real, real, real money that I ever made, I made it with Cat. And right. we've just been friends, and, uh, you know, things happen. He gets in squabs, I get in the squabs, you know, things happen. But we've never, our loyalty towards each other has never faded. And and I doubt that it ever will. So he's my friend. That's what friends are for, you know. Right. You, you stick with, you don't kick them when they're down. Um, you know what I'm saying? And exactly. uh, I, I got his back, and he knows that. So. From, from your perspective, you know, and your experience of being in the game, um, why do you think that, that, that certain comedians um, that are outspoken on uh, certain situations or whatever, or um, maybe ones that would, would consider do their own thing and kind of go against the grain. Um, why do you think that they always get attacked um, more for, um, for basically being themselves and, 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 you know, maybe speaking against certain things. I mean, I guess we could. It's safe to say the powers that be, um, like like a Cat Williams that's um, multi-talented, um, but yet being you know yet being put in a certain type of situation or whatever the case may be. Um, I just, I just, I would like your 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 professional um, opinion on that. I don't know. That's a big question. Can you rephrase that? I can't really grasp exactly what you're saying. What I'm, what I'm, what I'm asking is, like, why do you think people like um, Cat Williams, they get um, targeted in a way and get uh, somewhat blocked in a way for being um, outspoken and basically speaking from the heart, speaking the way that they feel about particular situations? Why do you think that they get somewhat blackballed in a way? Well, you know, there's an old phrase to say the truth hurts, you know? Yeah. And uh, sometimes when you just tell the real truth and you're not bullshitting people, people want to be bullshitted sometimes. People don't want to believe the truth that you're saying. Cat said a lot of things and a lot of specials that people were upset about, but you don't get upset unless the shit is true. Right. And so, um, I mean, you know, Chappelle says things as well. Listen, 
Everybody needs to quit being so damn uptight. It's comedy. It's comedy with uh, with, with some truth in it. Right. And if you don't like the person, change the channel, don't support them, don't watch them. Nobody is forcing anybody to watch anybody. But the thing that makes people watch people that they say they can't stand is because those people have the it factor. Mm. And the it factor is the thing that makes you want to watch them whether they're doing good or whether they're doing bad. You want to see what's going on. You want to see what they're wearing. You want to see what's happening. You want to see what they got to say. And whether you agree with it or not is up to you. Right. You know, um, we don't do comedy to please people. We do comedy to please ourselves. Right. And hopefully the people that are out there that feel like you and think like you will um, love it. And the people who don't, you know, hey, there's plenty of people out there who be like, oh, she's too bad, she has a foul mouth and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, I've had first ladies and pastors come to the front row at my show. Right. And I'm like, what are you doing here? And they're like, well, <laughs> hell, we like to laugh too, you know? Yeah. Um. I, uh, which I don't, I don't really agree with. I think that if you, you know, are really supposed to be a man of God, you ain't got no business at my show, even though you may look at it in the <laughs> room with your wife by yourself at home. Right. But you know, I don't, I don't, I, I think it's a, a, it's realistic though. I think because you know, people are people at the end of the day, whether they're a man of God, a first lady, or anything like that, you like to laugh. Right. I'm not out here trying to offend anybody. I'm speaking the real, real truth. You know, pastors, first ladies, church members, deacons, deaconesses, they have kids, they get fat, they have sex, they eat the wrong thing, they get mad, they slip, and they do everything that everybody else does. Right. And so sometimes they just want to come and feel like they're not alone as well. I'm, you know, here to just tell my truth, and luckily for me, there's people out there who want to hear it. You know, I'm not walking down the street, begging people to come see me anymore. <laughs> I have done that with these flyers, posters, staplers, and cell pens, and crayons, and blue guns, and everything else like that. But after being out here for so long and keeping it so 100, I've developed a following, and those people appreciate what I'm saying, and there's new people every day. Right. So with me being in Vegas every weekend, I don't, I'm not playing to the homies around the corner. These are tourists that are coming from Japan and Spain and Australia and London, and they come to see me. And they have to be able to relate to what I'm talking about. Right. Not, you know, they don't they don't come to get a nigga experience. They come to get a comedic experience. And you have to be able to give that to whoever's listening to you. I could do the same material in a room full of Latinos as I do in a room full of gays, as I do in a room full of white folks, as I do in a room full of black folks. I might change some of the vernacular. I might change some of the locations and stuff like that. But basically, I talk about the same, same stuff, you know, right. which is just real life stuff. Right. Do you think that, that the way that the atmosphere um, is right now, does it make it difficult for um, comedians like yourself to um, create material with... Um, you know, everybody's so sensitive about everything and, and you got to watch what you say and, 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 and this this uh, group of people could come after you uh, or they got laws in place for this. Does it make it difficult being um, a comedian um, in this climate? Well, not for me or people like me, as you said. You know, I, I, I'm going to pat myself on the back and say that, you know, I'm 
in the category of people who just don't give a fuck. You know, Robin mm-hmm. Harris, one of the first comedians I ever met, he was just himself, authentically himself. He didn't give a fuck. Dave Chappelle gives zero fuck. You know, Cat don't. I don't. I'm not doing comedy for you. Right. I'm telling my truth, and if you can relate to it, then God bless you. And if you can't, then God bless you anyway. If I was out here trying to please people, you know, you can't please everybody all the time. Please some Absolutely. people sometimes. And you may not please any people none of the time, but you can't please all the people all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not out here trying to do that. I drive myself crazy. I'm, I'm not trying to be offensive. I do watch certain things, you know, like I don't talk about Trump in the Midwest because I want the Midwestern dollar as well. <laughs> right. so I'm not trying to run. I want Republicans sitting next to Democrats at my show. Yeah. My show is just a show. I'm not out here campaigning or doing any of that stuff, at least not publicly. So I don't really, uh, I don't really have that problem of being uh, shy or being um, watching my mouth. What you say, they might get mad. <laughs> oh, comedy should make some people mad sometimes. Right. Should evoke some kind of emotion, you know. Yeah. But I, 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 I just, I do stay away from controversial topics because I'm not trying to get in a debate that's not a debate. It's a comedy show. Right. And everybody, whether you a uh, 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 racist or whatever, everybody deserves to be able to go somewhere, have an adult beverage, throw your head back and laugh and forget about all that bullshit for a minute. Forget you sitting next to a Mexican. Forget you sitting next to a black person. We're all in here together right now. Let's all have some laughs. And that's all I really care about. Right, right. Who were some of the, um, the comics that... Um, that you looked up to when uh, coming up in the game? Well, you know, Richard Pryor, of course, Lenny Bruce before him, uh, Moms, just for being uh, who she was and um, being, you know, the, the, the blueprint for, for female comics at that time. Uh, you know, some people who don't have anybody to compare me to compare me to Moms Maybe, but that's because they don't have nobody to compare me to. Mm. I loved Joan Rivers. I loved Roseanne Barr. Well, if we're talking about just comedically, I, I loved Roseanne Barr comedically. You know, uh, facial expressions, Lucille Ball. Right. No, I got to stop. And, um, uh, you know, I have to include the women because if you ask a man that question, he won't name a woman. If you walk That's down true. the street and ask people to name the top five comedians, they won't name a woman. They'll name all five men. Why is that? I try to always include women in my conversation because we cannot forget who they are. There's only two black women on the Las Vegas Strip doing comedy right now, period. And one is Marsha Warfield, and the other one is myself. Mm. So I have to give props to the Thea Vidal, the Laura Hayes, the Adele Givens, and, and you know, some more Monique's and, and, and the girls that, that, that came before me. I have to. Right. Cause if I don't, who gonna do it? Nobody. You're right. You're right. You got um big big things that's going on right now. You uh been casted in coming to America too. Can we talk about that for a little bit? How did that happen? Well, actually, we have to. T- if we're gonna talk about that. We have to talk about Dolomite. Let's not- talk about Dolomite too. I was gonna ask you about that too. Dolomite, well, Dolomite came first before coming to America. Dolomite is about to premiere this month, well, in October on Netflix and in movie theaters for a couple of weeks, too. I think they're having a premiere in L.A. soon, and I plan on being there. And I don't care what I got to cancel. I'm going to be at that premiere because, you know, you're a very, very lucky person if you get to do anything with Eddie Murphy. 
Absolutely. But to do two movies in one year, I know I'm blessed and highly favored in more ways than one. And I auditioned, got the uh, notification from my agent. I auditioned for the part of Lady Reed, is Dolomite is my name. I auditioned like seven times. Wow. And we had to do uh, the old school, what you call, um, screen test. Had to go in, put on a wig, put on clothes, and try to pull that off. And at the end, I did not get that role. That role went to uh, my girl, Joy. And I think she murders it. She perfect, was cast perfectly. Casting is very important when it comes to making a film. She was cast perfectly. And I, they didn't, just because I didn't get that role, they did give me another role, and that is playing the aunt of Rudy Ray Moore, played by Eddie Murphy in the movie Told My Is My Name. So I'm still in it, still got to interact with Eddie, still right. got lines, and I'm glad that I got my role because uh, she had to do a lot of running around, ripping, running around. I don't <laughs> run around like I used to, got bad knees. But um, then after that, uh, Craig Brewer, who is the director of Told My Is My Name, also the director of Coming to America too, also director of Hustle and Flow, and other things. I just got the call. I didn't have to. I had auditioned so much. I didn't have to audition for <clears throat> the little parts that they gave me in um, Coming to America too, which you know that's another thing I want to tell the artists out there. It's not how big your role is; it's how big the movie is. You may just have two lines in a really big movie, but you in there. Be grateful. Be happy. Nobody can tell you shit because you're still up in there. Mm -hmm. No, I'm not carrying the movie coming to America by any means. I'm not one of the reoccurring characters. I'm a new character, but I'm in there, and I couldn't be happier. And I know 2,500 actors who would love to have these little three lines that I got. Right. So I'm very, very grateful, and, and that's how that came about, you know, and Eddie is a dream. He's, uh, I was really more friendly with Charlie, actually, rest in peace, to the late, great Charlie Murphy. I was really more more uh, friendly with Charlie than Eddie, but Eddie and I didn't know each other quite well from meeting in the streets, oh, oh, you know, over time, and from me working with his brother. So um, the fact that I get to work with Eddie... And, you know, I think that I have a couple of pictures on my Instagram, which is at Lunell, at L-U-E-N-E-L-L. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's been amazing. I can't even post the pictures that I have because I can't do them yet, you know. But I've got right. many, many pictures with the great John Amos from oh, wow. uh, Wesley Snipes and with um, my boy Rodney Perry, who's also a comedian, and the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Tracy Morgan, who, uh, you know, is a walking miracle after what he has survived. Right. So it's a blessed, it's a blessed, um, it's a blessed cast. It's a blessed environment to be in. Everybody is so happy and so excited about this. And for those people out there who are wondering, oh, gosh, I hope they don't mess it up. Oh, jeez, I <laughs> hope that they, this, isn't a, this isn't a remake. This is a sequel. And the sequel ties everything together so beautifully you're going to be very very happy people you're going to be amazed uh, you can have expect high expectations because we have high expectations so it's going to be great it'll be out christmas 2020 Wow, and you know what? You you answered the question that I was gonna ask you because so many people were saying um, saying exactly what you just said. You know, oh, I can't believe some something's a classic. Like, why would you try to do this? You're gonna mess it up. Uh, blah blah blah. And you no just... way. Everybody is back. Everybody, nobody. The only person who has passed away is Madge Sinclair, 
school, the great Madison Sinclair, who played uh, Prince Akeem's mama in the first movie. Mm. She's passed away, and we even reference her in the movie. Wow. Um, Dolomite Is My Name is dedicated to Charlie Murphy. Uh, Coming to America references the great Matt Sinclair. Everybody's back. Randy Watson, the original Mike Drop sexual chapter, he's back. Soul Glow, he's back. Oh, my God. He's, he's back. Everybody's back. Come well, on. I would never, ever, ever take a classic like this and mess it up. It's an excellent movie. It's the best script I've read since I've been in Hollywood, and I couldn't be more pleased to be a part of it. Wow. Thank you so much yeah. for clarifying that. So all y'all listeners out there who was who was thinking that, you know, kind of upset that they were doing the two and all of that, you just got clarity right there that it's Yeah, I wouldn't lie to you. I'm not a liar or 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 an over exaggerator or anything like that. I'm trying to tell you this movie is going to be yet another classic. If I were you, I would start watching the old one again so you can be up on everything and how it all ties together, but you got plenty of time because like I said, it comes out 2020 in December, there'll be a Christmas present. And I, I would never say that something was good if it wasn't, even if I was in it and, you know, they'd be like, well, you better not go out the air and say it's garbage. I'd be like, well, you know, it's going to be all right. It'll be fine. I would say that. <laughs> yeah. But what I'm saying is it's amazing. The costumes are done by the wonderful Ruth Carter, who is a, a black woman who won the Oscar for doing the wardrobe for Black Panther. She'll be doing it again. She did the costumes for Dolomite. She did the, uh, you know, wardrobe for Remember the Time video. She's an amazing person to know and to work with. We're all very honored. This is top-notch black filmmaking at its best right here, people. Wow. Any, Except uh, the director, who's white, but he's very, you know, African-American, plugged in and friendly and cool like that. What else could we could we look forward to um, from you um, in the future, Um Anything else amazing that we can we can look forward to? Well, for the readers out there, I'm hoping to get a book done in the next, like, maybe two years. It's going to take a minute because the book that they want me to write is not the book that I want to write. I don't, you know, mm. publishers have talked to me. They're like, well, we just want to keep it light now. You know, happy stuff, some nice pictures and some funny things. That's not the book I want to write. Mm. I want to write a book about the crack. I want to write a book mm. about the incest. I want to write a book about the rapes. I want to write a book about the um, just all the bad shit and show that you can come through all that and you can still be a winner. You can still survive. You don't have to go crazy. You can find an outlet, whether it be painting or sculpting or spray painting or anything like that. You can find an outlet for your frustration. You do not have to let your circumstances drag you the fuck down. So that's the book that I want to write. So hopefully we'll be having a book. Um, I'm in Las Vegas every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right now uh, at the Jimmy Kimmel Comedy Club and by the Link Promenade. It's um, an amazing experience. We just got extended, as a matter of fact. We were supposed to be ending the residency this month in September. But black by popular demand, they have extended my residency until January 5th. So I'll be in Vegas all through the holidays, Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's. And you can come see me any Sunday night at 10 p.m. Yes, I know it's not for everybody. I got to go to work. Well, you know, I don't know what to tell you. If you're working (laughs) and you don't have no time off, you're in the wrong job. Right. You need to come to Las Vegas and check me out because it's real, real cool out there. And um, 
I'm going to be on Jimmy Kimmel the 28th. You can see me. If you don't recognize the voice yet, you can, like I said, you can go to my Instagram and go to YouTube or anything, L-U-E-N-E-L-L, and you can get all your research done before you come to Vegas, and then we can have a really a great, grown, grown-ass time. And, um, you know, we're working on some other projects for myself that hopefully, you know, are going to uh, come through because I've been on everybody else's everything all this time, never had a show of my own. So right. working on that and just trying to be a good person, trying to keep up with my daughter, for, you know, while I'm on the road because I'm not daddy, I'm mommy, and mommy's not always here. That's always right. difficult to be a working mom in this business. You know, and, uh, you know, trying to keep my sex life popping. That's, that's, that's happening. I'm so <laughs> glad about that. And so, you know, I'm just out here trying to uh, live my best life, as they say. I'm not living a hot girl summer. I'm living a hot girl life. Wow. I feel you on that. Definitely. Look, before, um, before we, we, we get out of here, um, I, I, I want to ask you, can you, if, if you had an opportunity to speak to a room full of, um, full of people, who, who, who were looking for um, some encouragement? You know, they had some visions and dreams to to be in this business, but it might be a little a little gleam form or whatever, a little dim form, and they they they, you know, looking for some words of encouragement. And you had an opportunity to speak to to that room. What would you tell them? It would really depend on the room full of people I was speaking to because. Uh, you know, I have said, and I will continue to say, that the millennials don't really listen to anybody. They don't um, seek out mentorship. They don't seek out advice. They think they got it all sewed up, and they don't need nobody. And, they, you know, this is an age where I've seen people call people like LL Cool J and Buster Rhymes old and washed up. Right. Like, you know, do you know where hip-hop started? Do you know anything of your history, like anybody that would say that, it makes my blood boil. So it would depend on the, the, the room full of people that I was talking to. But if I was in a room full of people who were actually seeking knowledge, whether they be millennials, younger, or Gen Xers, or senior citizens, I would say, if it's in you, can't nobody take it from you. Don't try to force something. Don't try to be a singer if you cannot sing. Right. Don't try to be an actor if you cannot read. You're going to have to go back and get your reading skills up. Don't try to be a comedian if you're not funny. And everybody who, who you know, there's an art to all this cussing and stuff, or else you just sound terrible. <laughs> and if you set yourself, you know, you set, set your sights high for television and film, then you can't be, you know, nigga this, nigga that, nigga this, nigga that on stage because you never know who's looking at you. Right. You know, just try to get your mindset together of being a good person first. And then people will, will want, want, to, want to fuck with you because you can be as funny as you want to be. You can be as cute as you want to be. But if you're a dick, nobody will want to want to mess with you. Right. So just try to be a good person. Try to do your thing. Try to be helpful when it's, you know, asked of you. And try to study. A lot of times the comedians go out in the world and they just want to get on stage, get on stage, get on stage. Shut up, sit down, and watch sometimes. You don't go to school to try to teach the damn class, you have to sit down and listen and learn. Right. So that's what you need to do as well. I went out for a year when I first came to L.A. almost every night like it was my job. Five o'clock, I would hit the streets out here like maybe three or four clubs in a night. Never asked to go on stage. I just watched what works for him, what don't work for him, what works in this room, what don't work in this room, what kind of crowd is this over here, what kind of crowd is that over there. And I analyzed this shit, and then I made my decisions on what to do where off of that. 
So I would just say, you know, just try to um, uh, be dedicated to your craft. Know if you've got the gift, because all talent is a gift, you know, from God. And know that you, if you have that, just try to, you know, be the best person that you can be. And don't take no for an answer. Don't be pushy, but don't take no. Don't take no for an answer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that, Queen. Um, can we put can we put those uh, social media social media um, platforms out there in ways that people can connect with you and find you? Yes, like I said, on Instagram it's at Lunell at L U E N E L L. Please write me and tell me that you heard me on you know on your show. That'd be great. Um, on my Facebook, my uh, fan page is the official Lunell on Facebook. And I don't have a Twitter. I used to, but then my Twitter got hacked, and Twitter didn't help me get my Twitter back. So <laughs> if anybody's talking to me on Twitter, that's not me. I don't. I don't even have a Twitter. But um, you can always, you know, write me. Lots of times I try to write back. I try to write back. Come here, Dolce. Come here. This dog. I got a dog that wants to get in the bathtub with me. <laughs> okay. And um, uh, you know, let me have that. Take that to my. Give it to me. Sorry, <laughs> you guys. Give, give me this. I'm sure y'all can relate. Pet oh, owners out there, you can relate. Whether you got a squirrel or a skunk or a dog or a snake, you got to stay on them so that they don't discharge. I got a tooth picking them out. She's a gangster, just like me. <laughs> I'm the only chick I know who go down to where I with a tooth picking them out. Open your mouth. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, so uh, you know, uh, uh, that's how you can reach me. I do write back. You know, it may be a minute, but I do write back, and I'm just, you know, very uh, glad that you um, were, you know, open to having me on your show, and I hope that everybody out there listening got a little bit from what I said. If you don't, you know, that's cool, too. I know you have other guests, and maybe the next person will connect with them, whatever. But um, look for me, you know, in Las Vegas, look for me in Dolomite Is My Name on Netflix and in movie theaters. Um, in October, and look for me, and next year, coming to America, too, the quest. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm very proud to be a black woman representing out here, you know, a mother and a hottie, and um, just going to keep trying to do my thing, making people happy. Absolutely. And I want to, um, whenever whenever those, those um, that date get get closer and um we would like you to come back on this platform whenever you promoting or want to promote anything we we welcome you to um come back on here and promote whatever need to be promoted we just want to be a part of this beautiful movement that you have going on and be a part of the growth well i thank you so much it would be a pleasure to do so and Lisa, my publicist will reach out shout out to Lisa bennett shout out this she be on, look, she be on it too. She be on it, Nell. I'm telling you, yeah, like, she is. I, I love I, it. I don't mess with hacks, honey. If you don't know how to do your business, you can't even do business with me. Right. So, Lisa knows how to do her business, so I appreciate it very much. And she's a lovely person and a really hard worker. So, she'll let you know what's going on. Maybe after you see Dolomite, I can come back on. Yes, that'll be dope. That'll absolutely okay. be dope. Look, we love you so much. We wish you more blessings, more success. We already know it's 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 in the clouds right now with you. It's nothing but up. And um also too, we definitely got our eyes on your daughter. She is doing her thing. I'm telling you, she killing it right now. She killing it. Have you seen her page? I definitely you know I have. Come on now. <laughs> I'm on that already. She is like Thank I'm you. telling you, she is about so to blow. Much. Great proud of you. 
Yes, yes, definitely. We're going to have to get her on here, too. She definitely doing her thing and representing for the dance culture all the way. Yeah, and then let her talk about what it's like to have a, a, a hard-working mom in the industry and where she got her grind from. That would be right. great. You know what? We're going we gonna to make that happen. I think that'll be. Up. I think that'll be a dope interview. We we definitely need to um, get the dance culture in there because it's it's a lot that goes on with that. So we definitely gonna make that happen as well. Yeah, the dance culture is a big one. There's, there's, Las Vegas will be shut down if they didn't have dancers. These artist shows would not be what they were if it weren't for the dancers. Absolutely. So I just watched the big thing on Jennifer Lopez's dancers on YouTube, and you know it's a lot of back breaking hard work. So I want to give a shout out to the dance community as well. Definitely. Out there. Definitely. Yeah, we know. Uh, I know you, you. You still in the tub? Yeah, I ain't been able to watch under my arms. Look, let me let the, look, look, y'all. Look, we we got we got we got to let the queen go now. She done gave us some time. Bye. Look, we love you so much, um, and we wishing you again more success. We rooting for you, and uh, we can't wait to talk to you again. God bless you. Take care. Thanks, bye. The, the, the marathon continues. Yes, it does. It's the Vibe Show with your boy Kano the Don, the Vibe King, and the Queen of Bad, well, the Bad Girl Queen. That's what I want to call you. The Bad Girl Queen of Comedy. The one and only, Linnell. We out. Bye, everybody.